Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time are you being influenced if you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade then there's a chance it's been influenced by the chinese communist party Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up, or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, Call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. 
This is The Jesse Kelly Show. It is Monday, and it's going to be an uncomfortable day. Uncomfortable for you, uncomfortable for me. I mean, really uncomfortable for me here on The Jesse Kelly Show because we just got the final bill for the oldest braces, $4,700. I mean, like five seconds before the show started, I got the final bill. Honestly, I feel like vomiting right now. I don't know if I can do the show, Chris. I don't even know why he needs teeth. We can, he can eat pudding or something the rest of his life. I've never, I can't. It is the world famous Jesse Kelly show. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We have Michael Malice coming up in the second hour as he does every single Monday. I can't wait to ask him his take on vaccine passports. Oh, this, this should be good. This should be good. <laughs> and Rebecca Heinrichs, we scored her for our last hour. She is the foreign policy expert. I mean, knows all this stuff. So we'll talk about some things with her. We're going to talk about why kids prefer mom's cooking. And today, get ready, because we're going to talk about playing offense, and I cannot guarantee you're going to feel comfortable. I can't guarantee I'm going to feel comfortable. We're going to have some uncomfortable talks about going forward as a right in this country. And speaking of uncomfortable, we're going to start out today with a history segment, as we always do. I, I, this statement, this, this, this story has been suggested to me by several listeners to the show, several people. I have read them all. Yes, I read your email suggestions for history, too. Sometimes I take them. Sometimes I don't because they're stupid. But I've wanted to do this one, but not wanted to do this one. Because today we're talking about the My Lai Massacre. We're talking about atrocities committed not by the Mongolian hordes or the commie scum or the Nazis or the Romans or the. We're talking about massacres, innocent people dead, committed by U.S. troops. And I avoid this topic for a couple of different reasons. No, it's not because I sugarcoat history, as you well know. If anything, I hit you right between the eyes a little bit too hard with it now and then. I realize that, but I'm a, ho- I, I'm, a, I'm a horrible person, so you just have to expect that. One, especially Vietnam veterans, I respect them. I, I, I'll, I'll flat out say it more than I respect veterans of any other conflict because I feel like they were done so wrong by their leadership, one. Two, it was such a miserable hell of a place to fight. The jungle's just so terrible. I never fought in it, but I told you when we did, uh, they called it Cobra Gold. We did jungle warfare training in Thailand. I think it was a month, month and a half. We were in Thailand and triple canopy jungle and all that stuff. And we used to talk about it because it was so miserable. The jungle is such a horrible place. The jungle itself will kill you several different ways. 
And it's such a miserable place. We would talk about it while we were there. We're there and we're thinking to ourselves, we said it. We said, how did these guys in Vietnam even fight in this? You can't see anything. You can't. It's horrible. So when it comes to telling a negative story about something we did in Vietnam, it's just not something I've been comfortable with just for that reason. Plus, I think we get enough America sucks history in your daggone schools, frankly. So I'm not going to present it to you that way. I'm going to give you the facts. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But before we go into our story, and it's going to be tough to listen to, and before you and I start judging, and believe me, as I go through this, you're going to have some judging creeping into you. I sure did as I was tearing through all this yesterday. Let me ask you a very specific question. Whether you're married, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you have, Have you ever, if you have a job, have you ever gone to work, had a bad day at work, you screwed up, boss was mean, you forgot something, everything went to crap on you, and come home and snapped at your spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend? And if you stay at home, maybe you got some kids running around the house, have you ever had a long day at home? Kids yelling, screaming, glass gets broken. This one, I think I got to take him to urgent care. This had a rough day at the house and then snapped at your spouse when they got home from work. Any of this sounding familiar at all? Keep that in mind as I talk about our little tale today. We're going back to 1968 and a brief... Vietnam 101 setup for anybody who might not be familiar with what's going on during the Vietnam War. The North of Vietnam, North Vietnam was communist. The communists, as communists do, wanted to also take over South Vietnam. South Vietnam was a bunch of communist sympathizers, but also a bunch of people who didn't want to be taken over by the communists. America gets involved because America is all about checking communist aggression around the world. That was our foreign policy. We were, of course, neglecting it back home. We're fighting a war and dying in Vietnam to stop the communists while the communists are actively taking over our education system. But that's another story. But that's the situation on the ground. And you need to understand this part, too. There are two different types of troops we fight. The Americans are fighting against in North Vietnam. There are the NVA. That is the North Vietnamese Army. That's the official army of North Vietnam. You know what I mean. Uniforms, boot camp, guns, training, marching along. You can picture it. Army uniforms. That's the official thing. And then... There are the guerrilla communist force called the Viet Cong, VC, or you you oftentimes see it in the movie referred to as Charlie. That's because it was VC turned into Victor Charlie, which just got shortened to Charlie. Those are the people who live, work, and worship in South Vietnam. They do not have uniforms. They do not have this. They look just like everybody else because they are everybody else. And at night or during the day or random times, they will 
set down that farmer's plow and go sneak a uh, sniper rifle out from underneath their bed, crawl up to the top of a tree in the jungle, take a sniper shot at a U.S. trooper too. Hopefully you kill one. Even better, maybe you wound one. Then you can shoot at his buddies when they come. Then you scamper right back down the tree, hide the rifle, grab your plow, and wave at the U.S. troops on the way by your village. There were obviously more organized attacks than that between the Viet Cong and the Americans, but those stopped relatively early on in the war because they found out very quickly an actual head-to-head contact with the United States of America is not a good idea. They were getting, they got slaughtered every time they tried that. So they just went to purely guerrilla tactics. That's the VC. And that's going to play a big part in our story today. Now, in Vietnam, there had just been, right before our story, there had just been a gigantic offensive from North Vietnam involving the VC as well. Obviously, those two groups work together all the time where they tried to attack and did attack all kinds of cities and places in South Vietnam. They tried to do a big offensive and blow everyone off the map. I'll do another thing on the Tet Offensive another time. It doesn't matter. But at the end of it, America has some ground to make up. And there's been something else going on. Remember that conversation where you snapped at your spouse? Remember that because it's going to get ugly here in a second. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. Jake's Mint Chew, well, I don't want to say it's a lifesaver, but I guess when you look at how many people it's already helped quit dipping tobacco, maybe it is a lifesaver. Maybe that is fair. I, I, I don't know if I can call it that, but I'll tell you this. It's the best way to quit dipping. In fact... From what from my emails, it appears to be the best way to quit smoking. It's tobacco free. It's nicotine free. It's even sugar free. There are eleven different flavors for long cut, seven different flavors for pouches, and all of them taste great. There are also four different flavors for CBD pouches, which let me tell you, those take the edge off. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's Jake's. MintChew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout. J-E-S-S-E. That gets you 20% off. Oh boy, it's about to get uncomfortable as we talk about the My Lai Massacre here on the Jesse Kelly Show. We have Heavy D banning vaccine passports. And let me ask you something, because we're about to have an uncomfortable talk about it. Why hasn't your governor? Why hasn't my governor? Here I sit in the supposedly blood-red state of Texas... With a supposedly Republican governor, where's my vaccine passport ban? 
You know why? Because virtually the entire right, including you, including me, is not totally comfortable playing offense yet. And we're going to have to get that way. We'll see if we can't get that way by the end of the show today. Back to Vietnam. The Tet Offensive had just happened. And again, the North Vietnamese, the Viet Cong, they were attacking all these cities in South Vietnam. Now, what does that matter for our story? Let's go to a place called My Lai. And it's much more complicated than just that. It's Everyone calls it My Lai. My Lai was actually a group of hamlets. And the one we're talking about was one of them. It was actually My Lai 4. You should know the U.S. troops called it Pinksville. But this was, it doesn't matter, Chris. This was an area in the northern part of South Vietnam. And any one of those South Vietnamese hamlets that are close to the North Vietnamese border were inevitably going to be infiltrated, taken over, sometimes willingly, sometimes not, with the communists, with the Viet Cong. And they were brutal to the villagers. And this goes both ways. Here's how it works. Either you have South Vietnamese troops or American troops around there, patrolling around there, stopping in these hamlets. American troops would regularly walk into these villages. And how do you, you know, win hearts and minds, as they say it over there? We would set up a huge medical tent. We would be uh, uh, doing dentistry on people, handing out candy, playing music, and yes, asking questions. Hey, where are the Viet Cong? Oh, they're never here. They're always in the next village over. You know, I mean, that kind of thing. That's how we would do it. The South Vietnamese would set up a perimeter. But we can't be everywhere all the time. The North Vietnamese, especially the Viet Cong, would simply wait until we left a village or left a place, and they would come in as communists do, and commit absolutely unspeakable atrocities against village leaders and the women and the children as a lesson to the village for being nice to America. Remember, you're a communist village, and and don't let me— you see your chief over there tied to a pole with his guts falling out? That'll happen to all of you next time, and that's the kind of stuff they would do. And and much worse than that. I'm I'm not trying to get too gruesome today because today's going to be hard enough. It was— It was very bad. It was very bad. During the Tet Offensive, a lot of the South Vietnamese troops who were guarding these hamlets had to leave and go back down and fight everyone out of the cities of South Vietnam where the Viet Cong stepped right in. Which brings us to an army unit. Charlie Company. 120. I'm not going to go into the details of it, but 120. It's Charlie Company. That's all you need to know. They are a relatively green unit when it comes to full-scale combat, but they are not a green unit when it comes to death and tension and anger. And here's what I mean. They get together as a unit. They're actually put together in Vietnam. And they begin, they called them search and destroy missions. And it was essentially what I was just talking about, medical tents and such. But part of that was you're looking for weapons caches and you're destroying weapons caches when you find them. If you find too many in a village, you'll destroy the whole village food supply type thing. But there's also a lot of hearts and minds stuff going on. Americans showed up in Vietnam, and I witnessed this firsthand in Iraq, 
We do not. And look, I was with a bunch of bloodthirsty Marines. We do not see the kids, especially the kids, the women and kids of another country, as being some evil, hostile force. You view them as being precious and innocent and and somebody you want to protect, honestly. We're throwing candy at them all the time. Here's some water. Here's some, that's that's Amer- you should be very proud of your country. That was American sensibilities. It is American sensibilities to this day. We don't walk in there and want to massacre. And this unit, to their credit, was doing this all over the place. Aha, so shaking hands, kissing babies, here's some candy, here's some this. Yeah, we destroyed some weapons here, but there are multiple pictures of the men in this unit taking happy pictures with Vietnamese around the country. But something had changed. And here's what had changed. The Viet Cong decided, again, they're no longer going to be trying these full frontal assault type things. Those died out pretty early in the war. They realized that you're not going to beat America like that. They had to go to a purely guerrilla war campaign. What does that look like? Here's what it looks like. Here are a few examples, and this is what this unit started to go through after a relatively bright and sunny beginning. You're out on patrol. Patrol can be you leave your base on foot, walk out to an area for three, four, five, six hours, walk back to your base. Patrol can be by helo, just like you see in all the Vietnam movies. Everyone hops in a helo, fly out, land somewhere, patrol around for a while, hopefully don't get yourself killed. Then call them back in, hop in the helos and fly and fly back. Well, this started to happen to this unit. They're flying out on patrol. Go patrol an area. You're out. You're two hours in. And your best friend all of a sudden gets shot in the face. You don't know where it came from. You start to shoot back in the general direction. You, of course, don't hit anybody. You, you, you sit there and watch your friend die. The next day you go out, you're walking along, and the guy beside you walks in a, in a punji pit. Punji sticks were, they sharpened a bunch of bamboo sticks and put them in holes in the ground, and then they covered them with human excrement so it would get infected almost right away. And even if it didn't get infected, I mean large stakes through your leg, through your foot in the ground, you're welcome to Google image search those injuries yourself if you want. I would not recommend it, but... It's not pleasant. And your buddy's screaming and the doc's coming and the helo's coming. There are landmines routinely. The mines are a humongous problem where your friends every single day are getting feet blown off, legs blown off. And not only are you saying goodbye to your buddy if they manage to save his life and get him on the helo, you're watching him fly out of that helicopter, maybe the last time you'll ever see him, And you know for a fact that that 18, 19-year-old kid will now live the rest of his life without a leg or legs. And what's happening is this. They're not seeing the Viet Cong because the Viet Cong aren't showing themselves. They're digging the punji pits. They're laying the mines. They're doing the sniping. Maybe occasionally you'll see one in the jungle. You unload all your ammo at him. You go, you can't find him because the Viet Cong would drop down into their tunnels and spider traps in the ground. You are taking about 20% casualties at this point. Most are not death, but almost all of them are maiming, horrible maiming. They had uh, uh, glass bombs they would set off 
up close to your eyes, where if you stepped something, you would trigger it, and it would essentially explode a bottle up by your face. Guys were routinely blinded with glass. Just awful, uh, terrible stuff. And I need you to understand that to understand what's coming. And they're not getting any pound of flesh back as their buddies are dying. And there's something else. And this part's going to get real uncomfortable. Are you ready for this? We'll find out if you are. Then we'll talk about vaccine passports. Hang on. I feel like I've been paroled from prison, from allergy prison. Do you know, do you know how bad allergies get? I mean, I'm sure you probably do, but at least how they get for me, this is, this is real. I would wake up in the morning sometimes and I would be crying out the side of my face that was laying on the pillow. There would be tears running out of my eyes. That's how I woke up several mornings. And I have tried the -the over-the-counter allergy medication. It works for me for about 15 minutes. You know what actually worked? What actually broke me free? Gave me my allergy parole? My Eden Pure Thunderstorm. My air purifier. The small, compact one you hardly notice that sits in the corner and clears all that gunk out of the air. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout. For 10 bucks off. Are you comfortable playing offense against the left? We are going to find out today. I'm going to tell you specifics and you're going to decide whether you're comfortable with it or not. It is the Jesse Kelly show. 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Do you think China is going to invade Taiwan? Rebecca Heinrichs, our foreign policy expert, coming up in the final hour, she does. She thinks it's going to happen and going to happen during Biden's administration. So I'm going to ask her why she thinks that and what that actually means for us, because I don't think that anybody cares that much about Taiwan. We're Americans. You should, though. You should, though. There's there's critical stuff there for us. We'll talk about that with Rebecca Heinrichs later on. Now, I already went over the mines and the booby traps and the punji sticks and the tension that's building with these troops. Their buddies are getting their stuff blown up. And here's something that's very difficult to accept, and it's hard. Again, there's so much respect for the Vietnam guys because how does the human mind deal with something like this? Those villages... Full, there were almost no fighting age males because they were all basically gone fighting the war for Vietnam. But those villages full of old people and women and children, those villages were supporting the Viet Cong. They absolutely were. Sometimes quietly. Sometimes they were forced to. Sometimes they did it voluntarily. Sometimes they actively participated in it. We're about to talk about things like dead kids and dead women at the hands of U.S. troops. 
But you also need to know, and I'm not trying to justify it. I'm trying to get us to understand. You also need to know. It was not at all uncommon for a child to walk up to to a GI with a grenade and blow both of them up. It was not uncommon for a woman to stab a GI. There are several stories of, uh, oh gosh, this is hard for a family show, for of Vietnamese ladies of the night wooing in a GI and assassinating him or maiming him horribly. Village women doing these things, old people doing these things. Eventually, all the pictures they were taking and the handing out of the candy with these villagers, all that stuff stopped, and they started to look at the villagers in this area as a hostile force as their buddies are dying day after day and getting maimed day after day. Now, on this particular day, intelligence had told them something. Intelligence had told this group of men as they were setting out on their search-and-destroy operation that there was a battalion of Viet Cong in this area. They told them that, one. Two, they told them, in this village, in My Lai, everyone is hostile. They told them that. That was told to the men. We know that for a fact. They take off on this day. Now, how these things would normally go is, like I said, the medical tents and such, but they would also surround the village first. And they would fly. It it wasn't just the troops. They would oftentimes have helos flying overhead to scout for enemy, to pull out wounded if necessary, to do various things. And if they were close to the shore, they would actually have naval support too. So it was a big operation. They approached me lie at 7 a.m. All the maiming, all the everything. And they enter in. And there are different platoons here, different sections of what we're doing. And one of them is led by a man named Lieutenant Callie. And to this day, nobody knows who started the killing. But they simply took a village, and we don't know the number either. It may be 350, maybe 500. They simply started killing everyone. And I mean everyone. Men, old men, mostly because there were no fighting age men, women, children, babies, everyone. They're burning down the entire place and killing everyone. And one guy's participating, then the next guy's participating, and the next guy's participating. And in fairness to this unit, Several guys could not do it, would not do it. They walked away. Several guys tried to stop it, but you can get yourself killed really easily when someone's blood is up in that situation and didn't stop it. And it is a massacre straight out of something the dirty commies would do, lining people up in the ditches and shooting them all. There are famous pictures from it because they had photographers with them. There are famous pictures from it. Probably the first one you'd pull up, if you pulled up My Lai Massacre, you'd see this woman, older woman in black pajamas, crying, screaming, clearly scared. And there's a bunch of them around her. And there's a young lady behind her with a baby and whatnot. And you see everybody in this picture. The photographer walks up and snaps a picture of this woman. And I actually watched an interview with this photographer. He said after he snaps the picture of this woman and this group of people right there, he turns and walks away and hears boom, 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 turns around over his shoulder. Everybody in that picture died. 
a second later. Haunting. It makes the picture very haunting. And I'm trying not to dwell on this too long because I know it is ugly and it is heavy. And and women were assaulted during this this thing. And look, it is a massacre. Three, four, five hundred people dead. Babies too. Dead. Committed by U.S. troops. Eventually, one of those helos overhead. Remember I said how the helos scout over the head? One of these pilots was apparently a hero and a man who still had his conscience intact. He's flying over. You know, he's trying to scout out on behalf of the Army troops, but he keeps looking down and he's seeing bodies lined up in the ditches. And American troops are doing the shooting. And he's like, this doesn't make any sense at all. Because American troops are lying about what's happening there, saying, oh, yeah, we're taking some uh, indirect fire, but, uh, oh, yeah, there are some civilian casualties, but it's all artillery rounds. Well, this guy's looking down, and he sees that th- that's not artillery casualties. Absolutely not. These are executions. He sees the troops begin marching towards another bunker where there's a bunch of villagers hiding out, trying not to die. He lands his helo in between the American troops in the bunker, And has his two crewmen gets off and he gets off too with weapons pointed not at the Vietnamese but at the Americans saying stop. And he ends up hauling more than a dozen of these villagers out of there that day and probably saving their lives. This was sold after it was over. Although what actually happened was well known in army circles. It was sold as a great military victory after it was over back home. The real truth is this did not come out till like a year later. And then obviously there was public outrage and Lieutenant Callie got put on trial, so on and so forth. In case you're wondering, he got off with a slap on the wrist. Virtually no punishment for the Americans. A lot of the baby killer protest stuff you see, you've heard about how they're accusing Vietnamese troops about that. A lot of that came from this. They choose. They chose the public, the disgusting leftist public we had, just chose to dump on all the troops instead of just these one guys. And I watched this interview with one of the guys who was very much a participant. To his credit, he was on camera talking about he killed 20, 25 people that day, women, kids, whatnot. Clearly a man torn up about it. Almost all these guys went on to abuse drugs and alcohol and die young. I mean, they just mentally destroyed the rest of their lives. But remember that fight you had with your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend? You had a long day at work. Come home, you snap at your wife. But why isn't dinner done? Or she had a long day with the kids. He finally gets home from work. Hey, honey, don't hey, honey, me. You've, you've done it. I've, I've done it. I did it last week. I've, I've done it. It's time for you and I to have a conversation about me lie, about the right, about ourselves. Hang on. to the Jesse Kelly show.
One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. The president had voiced his support for MLB making a decision about the All-Star Game in Georgia. Um, I'm wondering, when can we expect a final determination from the president about the United States participating in the Beijing Olympics, given that he said the Chinese president doesn't have a democratic bone in his body? Well, I think the U.S. Olympic Committee uh, would play a big role in, uh, in, in on Major League Baseball here in the United States. He actually didn't. I, I think I don't know if you heard the qu- the answer, the question, the answer that happened a few minutes ago, where we addressed this, and I answered the question. So, uh, and I give a little more context, but maybe you weren't paying attention to that part. Oh God, she's homely. <laughs> Chris, that's enough of throwing it. <laughs> that's enough. No, she's not. Y'all are crazy. Y'all look at ginger chicks are hot, man. You're, you guys are nuts. Anyway, it is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Don't forget, it is a Medal of Honor Monday. We don't do any good or decent thing on this show ever, except for Mondays. We take a brief moment, and we honor one of our nation's heroes so we can remember them and remember their deeds. Now, there's no defense, no defense of marching into a village and killing women and children. Let's let's not do that. Uh, So I'm not doing that. There's no defense, but there are reasons. And we study human nature on this show. The, The Nazi camp guard, an Auschwitz camp guard, you and I, We, in our minds, because of the unspeakable evils that person did, we like to think of them as demons, some monster of some kind. You know part of the reason we do this? It's not just because of the terrible things they did. Because you and I want to imagine. We want to imagine that person, he's different than me. I could never do what that evil person did because he's not a person. He's a monster. He's a demon. I was, like I said, I was watching the uh, uh, documentary. It was really good one. Gosh, I forget the name. But it had, as part of of going over stuff for this show, 
It had interviews with the helo pilot who stopped these guys. It had interviews with the guys who had killed these people. And they're talking about it, frankly, on camera. Guys who had killed kids. I mean, it's just, I can't even imagine. Guys who killed kids, who killed women. And one of the things that strikes you is you read about what happened at Milai. And I did. I read, gosh, I read 20 things on it. Listened to a couple podcasts on it. Watched a couple documentaries on it. By the time you're done with that, You've made these guys into the camp guards at Auschwitz. You have in your mind because of what they did. It's no defense of it. But then you see them being interviewed. And this was clearly, and I, I don't know that when the documentary was made, I would guess this is 20 years after they look to be about in their forties or so. You see human beings and it hits you hard. It hits you really, really hard. That, These are humans, that we're all human, and that human beings respond in terrible ways to built-up tension that never gets released. Built-up tension. You know why you snapped at your wife after a bad day of work? Because you didn't, and probably shouldn't, because you didn't tell your boss to go screw himself when he did that thing to ma- that, that made you mad. You know why you yelled at your husband for not taking out the trash right when he walked in the door? Because you were mad at your kids all day? Because you didn't properly vent it out another way. What I'm saying to you is this. As you know, I, 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 I think, I, I, I don't... I don't cheer for it, but I think a fascist is going to rise on the right. I've said it several times. I know many of you are cheering for it. It's fine. I am not. But the reason I think it is this. What I hear over and over and over and over from you in your phone calls and your emails is you feel surrounded. You feel as if there is, if you're on the right, there is no escape from the left now. There's no, there's no escape from the left. There's no getting back at the left. We even just had a Republican president for four years, and the right still felt surrounded and assaulted the entire time. The entire Because you were. The entire system just locked arms against Trump and against you and made sure he couldn't do much and impeached him twice. That is what I want you to understand. That is what has me worried. Worried about the right. Worried about the tensions rising on the right. Because people are completely done now with being told, wait, slow down, we can't do that. People now, they're, they're on a quest for revenge against the leftist hordes. And I'm not saying that's unjustified at all. But I'm saying it has me worried about how that manifests itself. Because that tension those guys felt, Day after day after day after day after day. Well, you saw how it ended, didn't you? Tension is a dangerous, dangerous thing. And I feel like we have it right now. Let's talk about vaccine passports. Hang on. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the 
sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.